Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's guest discovered her passion for healthy home goods while she was expecting her first child. She is a certified interior decorator and non-toxic living coach and speaker whose mission is to help people, especially pregnant women and new parents, reduce their toxic exposure in their homes so they can improve their indoor air quality and provide their children a foundation of a lifetime of health. She is a graduate of the University of Southern California and currently working on her, on her building biologist certification. I am excited to introduce you to the founder of Entirely Eco, a beautiful and non-toxic home decor shop and pioneer in eco-friendly living, Lonnie Brown. Lonnie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm super excited too. We're going to talk a little bit about your family life in a little bit. Um, you are due to have a baby any minute, so I'm hoping you'll hold out for the next 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun when you're trying to sneak in these things before babies decide to make their appearance. Right. <laughs> so at first, when I learned about your business and I learned that you focused on eco-friendly products, I have to admit, I assumed they were cleaning products, like to clean your house. Um, but you offer textiles and decor. And I think that this is so unique because in addition to cleaning products, we see like organic and natural skincare and, and things like that. But I, we don't always think of like mattresses and bed sheets and pillows and things like that. So I'd love to know why, like, why shouldn't um, a mom be using the mattresses and pillows and sheets and stuff from like Walmart or Target? What are the benefits of organic products? And kind of how did you discover those things? So, yes. Yeah, so I think when most people begin their eco journey, it was similar to me where you do start with your food and, and your water and things that you actually ingest. And then you move on to skincare products and cosmetics. And maybe when you start to dabble with within your home, you go to like your laundry detergent and maybe your household cleaners and cleaning solutions. So that's all very natural. And that's really where I spent the most of my first 20 years um, in my eco journey is those areas. I didn't start to think about the rest of the house until I was pregnant with my first daughter, uh, which was uh, several years ago. And that's when I actually started to do a little bit more research when I was wanting to buy a baby crib mattress and 
furniture and figure out what type of flooring and rugs and things like that we wanted to have in her nursery. And that's when my eyes were opened to this entirely new world of eco-friendly and non-toxic living. And so I was completely shocked to find out the different chemicals and toxins and pollutants that are just in those types of home decor products and even clothing and really anything that's made out of fabric or upholstery or or have finishes like paint and stains and things like that. So I was shocked at the amount of chemicals in those products, even in baby products that are labeled safe and, you know, safe for babies. So once I started to dig in and really start to do the research and understand indoor air quality and how it impacts just humans in general, but specifically newborn and infant babies, I was just, mine was blown. And so I went down this rabbit hole and did all this research and was able to create a non-toxic nursery for my little baby. And then lots of people started asking me, like, tell me the secrets. Like, I don't want to do all the research you did. I just want to know what to look out for and just give me the shortcuts. So that's really how I became so fascinated with this area. So it makes it like easier to breathe and, and stuff, basically. Yes. I mean, essentially anything that you are laying on uh, that's made with petrochemicals or toxins that are found in plastics and um, formaldehyde and all kinds of things, those off gas into the air that you breathe and can lead to all different kinds of issues. And so when you think about a baby mattress that usually is waterproof or something like that, which has like plastic and petrochemicals. I mean, your baby's spending like 16 hours a day on that thing. And so it's, you know, and it's, it's not just off gassing for like the first week, it'll off gas for years to come. So I had no idea. I thought like, oh yeah, of course you'll, you buy something and open it up and you might get a whiff of some fumes or something like that, you know, new product smell and you, but it kind of goes away after like a few days. And so you think that it's not there anymore, but really it's continuing to release into the air and off gas for years to come. And so the thought that I have a little tiny baby for 16 hours, like laying on those things, like whether it be like the crib, the furniture itself with the paint and stain on it, the mattress, the blankets, the the clothing that they're wearing that can oftentimes have pesticides and all kinds of chemicals in the dyes, irritate the skin. I mean, it's just all these things that can come from these things that you just never would think about. Now, what what was your... What were you, what was your business or what were you doing for work before you had your daughter? So I was working in corporate full time. I had I had an HR consulting company, uh, and one of our my clients actually hired me full time to work with them. And I still operated the business as well on the side, but I was working full time uh, and having a corporate job when I was pregnant with my first daughter. So then when you had this idea, what did it initially, like, did you jump? Cause right now I can go to your website. I can buy a mattress. I can, I can buy things. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, did you start with an online store or what did it start like? And what was your, your husband's perception on this whole thing? Like when you told him you were going to start this business, um, how did that look? 
So, so I got the idea literally when I was going through this process with my daughter building her nursery and I was doing the research so frustrated with like finding a product and it's being labeled safe, non-toxic, chemical free, like all the things. And none of those terms are regulated, right? Like in skincare and in, in food industry, we're seeing a little bit more regulation when it comes to how things are labeled. But in home decor and home products and furniture and things like that, there's really not a lot of regulation. So these manufacturers can use these terms very loosely. And so I would start to do research and say, oh, okay, this is a product that says it's eco-friendly and non-toxic and chemical-free and all these things. And so I would contact the manufacturers and I would say, okay, does your product specifically have formaldehyde? And they're like, no, no, we don't have formaldehyde. Of course not. We, we make baby products. There's no formaldehyde. And I said, oh, okay, great. Send me your materials data safety sheets because every manufacturer has these. And sometimes you can find them on their website if they're transparent, but a lot of times you have to reach out to them and request it. And so they would send it, you know, send it to me and I would start to research the different paints and stains and adhesives and glues and other thing ingredients used in the product. And sure enough, these things had formaldehyde and, or whatever else, what other, other chemical I was asking about. And so I would respond to them and say, Hey, by the way, your product does actually have this. So you shouldn't really be telling people that it, that it doesn't. And sometimes they would be honest and say like, Oh my gosh, we had no idea. Like we need to look into this because we were told, you know, all these things and others, you could kind of see that they were just being not really truthful and they would say oh but that's such a small quantity that like you know and I'm like but I specifically said does it contain this or not <laughs> right and it asked you was like was it a small quantity so in any regard I started to do all of this and so people were like all this research that you're doing, like you can make available to other people because they're probably going through this same experience and, and wanting to create a healthy home for their families, but maybe not willing to do all of this effort that you're doing and actually contacting companies and doing all of that. And so I started to think about, okay, yeah, there has to be a better way to do this. Like everyone shouldn't have to go through this extensive amount of research that I'm doing in order to just create a safe environment for their, for their children. So that started to get me the idea of maybe putting something like this together in a, as in a business. And then while I went on maternity leave, I started thinking about like, okay, how could this look? How could I create something that, and what would I truly want? Uh, like what would have made my experience much better than, you know, when I went through this right before this. And so I told my husband, I said, you know, I really want to make changes at the industry level. Like I really want to maybe go to Congress or try to like figure out how do we change the regulations so that there's more transparency in, in terms of what pollutants and toxins and chemicals and things are being used in these products. And my husband was kind of like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> like Congress, like changing regulation. Like, you know, a lot of these manufacturing companies, they're not being transparent for a reason because they care about the dollars. And so anything that's going to threaten that, you know, they have way bigger pockets than you do. Like it's going to be an uphill, uphill battle trying to change the industry like directly. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's a good point. So I said, okay, maybe I can just create 
a store, an online store where I would personally vet all of the brands and have like a one-stop curated shop for people who just want to just know what to buy, just want to know like, okay, these items have been vetted. They've, you know, they've been thoroughly researched and I don't have to think about doing any other research. And so I said, maybe I'll do that and support these brands. Some of them are larger, some of them are smaller. And then I also have an educational side of the business where I'm educating, where I'm educating people so that they can make these decisions because I do believe that people vote with their dollars. And so over time, if we make a shift as consumers and if it's a big enough shift, the big manufacturers can't ignore it. It's similar to what happened in the food industry. Now you can go to Walmart and get organic food and items and products very easily because the consumers demanded that. So I think we might see a similar shift eventually in this industry if enough people start to learn and start to make those decisions. That totally makes sense. And I give you a lot of credit because I don't even know. I mean, I've had four kids (laughs) and I never once thought to ask for, and I'm going to butcher what it was called, but the sheet, like the material sheet. Yeah. I never would have even thought about that. That's so that's amazing. Um, now, right now we're, well, I don't even know what month it is. Isn't that terrible? Like, you know, we're in the middle of COVID when you're like, what, what is this? It's August. What quarter is this? <laughs> I mean, earlier today I was convinced it was Sunday and we're recording this on a Monday, but anyhow. Um, so it's August right now. We, in the past couple months, we've dealt with COVID and Black Lives Matter. So for those who are listening, you are a black woman yes. and I don't normally like call out the race of my guests, but for <laughs> the point of this question, I'd love to know how um, COVID and Black Lives Matter has impacted your business or, or has it impacted your business? Yeah, so I, I am. I'm, my father's black. Um, I'm, actually, I'm actually biracial, so my mom's Chinese and my, and my father's black. Uh, and my husband's black. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I mean, this 2020 has just been, I mean, a, a crazy year to say the least. Um, and I, the fact that I'm having a baby in 2020, I'm like, kind of like, what was, <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> All of this happened after I conceived my baby. <laughs> right, right. You didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we missed it by just a month, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, COVID has has really impacted one in the fact that just our lives have changed. Just it's it's a new norm. I mean, my little daughter is like so used to like wearing a mask, and like when you know when we have someone come over the house, she's like, "Where's your mask?" You know. So there's just like, and she's like three and a half. You know. So there's just this new norm that we're experiencing. We're not going out as much, and not getting as much you know, exercise outdoors. I have like a treadmill at home, but like that's not, you know, can't go to the gyms or anything like that. So it's just a a huge impact on our family. On the business side, it's actually been really interesting because there's like this awakening uh, to like 
cleanliness and toxins and chemicals and sanitizing and, and immune, like boosting immune systems and health. So there's this awareness now and this, and this heightened like sensitivity around this area, which has actually been really great for my business because people are wanting to seek out, you know, how can I detox my home? I'm spending a lot more time in my home these days and learning, you know, that different chemicals and things can affect my immune system. And during COVID, I want my immune system to be as strong as possible. So it's actually been really interesting having people reach out and wanting to learn a little more about this lifestyle. People that probably otherwise might roll their eyes at, right. at some of us, some of us, like we live in a toxic world. There's really not much that we can do about it. Like who cares kind of thing to no, I actually want to understand a little bit. Like what can I do? What are some easy, quick, inexpensive ways that I can make some quick changes to, you know, help my family. So that part's been really refreshing to see that type of response. And then when it comes to the black lives matter movement, it's been really interesting for our family. We've been having some great discussions around this. Uh, of course, my husband's black. And then I have a 13 year old stepson, uh, for my husband as well, who's also black and, you know, his experience being a 13 year old, you know, black boy, um, we're, you know, trying to have these conversations in the most thoughtful way that we can. But, you know, when he says, you know, I don't really feel safe, you know, walking down the street by myself, because of, you know, all this that's happening, it's really heartbreaking, you know, to have to have these conversations with him and really kind of help him understand what's really happening. So I feel like we're, we're at this intersection with our family where we 100% like support the movement and, you know, are so grateful for all of the people, especially a lot of the young people and all, even just all the different races and ethnicities like supporting this movement and really wanting to see some, you know, social justice and change. Uh, we also support the, you know, the, the community of the police. Uh, there are some great policemen out there um, that are doing good and they have the most challenging job in the world. And so we, you know, are, you know, we, we support the, the good policemen um, as well. And, um, and then we, and then we understand the protests and everything that are happening now, but we're also heartbroken by some of the violence, you know, that has come out of some of these protests. Um, there are a lot of people that are protesting in a way that is safe and, and nonviolent. And that's a beautiful thing to see, but we've also seen the, the, some of the violence and some of the lives lost during the protests. And that's also heartbreaking. So really for our family, it's, it's the intersection between all those three areas of, of what, of what we're dealing with and, and, and the conversations that we're having in terms of my business, it's been refreshing to have people reach out and say, you know, I want to feature you, your business. I want to understand, you know, your struggles as a, being a black female business owner. It's kind of a double, you know, double thing going on there and, <laughs> and, you know, how you've been able to manage that. So just having that acknowledgement and having people reach out, wanting to understand my experience has been really great for my business. 
Can I ask, have you noticed like through your, your journey, your entrepreneurial journey, have you encountered any experiences of racism that you think you've had to like work harder than somebody else with like white privilege may have? I mean, I think in, in my first business that I had, the HR consulting one, one, I was younger, so, and I was a female, so I, I actually experienced, you know, all three. I think, you know, ageism, yep. <laughs> sexism, <laughs> racism. I mean, when I started that business, I think I was like 23 or something. This was like so long ago, but I think I was 23 and it was HR consulting. So it was recruiting and I had a business partner at the time and she was also young and female. She was uh, not, you know, not black or African-American. She was white, but, but still we were building this company together and we, like we experienced, I experienced all three, um, in, in that business. And, you know, some of it was subtle and some of it was actually not <laughs> like right. we had a client, we had a client that said that they weren't going to pay us our fee and we actually had to sue them. <laughs> and oh. it was, it, it was to the point where we had our attorney write letters and like they just refused to pay our fee, even though we delivered on the project, it was really clear what was in the contract. And it was, you know, it was a male dominated company uh, and we had to sue them. And I had a really great attorney and we got, we were so fortunate that the judge was a younger lady who looked great, who like looked nice. And she was just mortified at like what they were saying, like in the meeting, when we were doing the arbitration, she was asking the company, like, this is literally like the CEO of the company and like the VP, you know, one of his VPs, like, why are you refusing to, you know, to, to pay the fee? And he's just like, because they're young, they're beautiful and they don't really, you know, they don't really have, you know, anything that, that they're, they brought that like we couldn't have done on our own. Like, <laughs> so our attorney said, oh yes, they're beautiful and young. So they must be dumb. <laughs> it's like what he said to the judge and the judge literally like her faith, like she just could not believe that this was a thing. So anyway, she, um, she judged in our favor and we ended up getting three times the fee amount. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, there's so many things that are annoying about that story because he clearly chose you. Yeah, we did the work. But once he found how we how we did the work, he was just like, "This was too easy for you." (laughs) And it's just like we delivered. Like we, you wanted, you know, you you needed a high level person for this role. We networked and found you the right person. You hired this person. So you owe us our placement fee. Like, it's really simple. But he was talking to the guy that we placed and they said, oh, they reached out to me on LinkedIn. (laughs) You know, this was like at the very beginning of LinkedIn before LinkedIn was even a thing. It's like, like 13, 14 years ago. Right. And so they were like, yeah, we, they reached out to me on LinkedIn that the opportunity sounded compelling. I had a couple phone calls with them and I came in an interview with you and they just were like, that's just too easy. You just found this guy on LinkedIn. Like we could have done that. And we're like, yes, but you didn't. Right. Exactly. 
you well, tried you tried for six months to fill this role and you didn't and you hired us and we filled it within like you know a week because this is our job this is what we're good at of course it sounds easy but you didn't do it and it took you six months you know so but it was just I mean it's just alarming to think that I ha- I honestly believe had had we been older men right had we been older men who looked like them you know they wouldn't have questioned us they wouldn't have you know they would have given more credibility to the work and not just be like oh you sent a couple messages on linkedin found this guy and like that's all you did like why are we going to pay you this large fee you know but had we been older men who looked like them i don't think that would have been the conversation right it reminds me of it was i've seen like i don't know a meme a quote and of course i'm not going to get it exactly right but it's something along the lines of you're not paying me for the hours that it takes me to do the job you're paying me for my experience for like the years the <laughs> of the, the years that it's taken me to develop, you know, the skills and then the results. So why does he care if it took you a week or if it takes you six months? Right. You think he'd be happy. It only took you a week. Right. Exactly. We're, we delivered. We like, you needed this role filled. You needed a good candidate. We, that was the result that you were paying for. If it took me an hour, if it took me three months, like it's the same thing. I delivered the result, you know? Right. So, so unfortunate, Ugh. but it was not, I mean, that was sexism, racism, ageism. It was all of that, you know, all, all the isms, <laughs> all the isms. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that COVID seemed to have a positive you know, effect on your business. Um, Obviously, I'm not glad COVID's here, but it is making people a lot more aware of what they can do to stay healthy and especially being a respiratory issue. And I know, I I mean, I can only imagine I'm not a black woman myself. I do have a black child and Black Lives Matter movement has just caused a lot of stress, a lot of emotions, you know, that can make it hard to focus, um, at least in in our household. So I'm Glad to hear that it's going fairly well for you. And I love that there's a uh, light being shown on to black owned businesses. Yeah. I mean, it's really refreshing the conversations that are happening now. You know, these yeah. conversations just simply weren't happening before, not happening in this magnitude. And so that part, you know, I mean, there's a lot of pain and suffering that is, that has come from all of this, but I do feel like the the conversations are happening and this is just, we're not there yet. We have so much more to do, but at least we're making movement in these areas and, and the conversations are happening at this point. And if they keep happening, I think it's going to be great and we're going to make progress forward motion. Yeah. absolutely. So let's hop back a little bit and talk about your growing family and your growing business. Um, like I said, I know this baby is due any minute. So what, what do you have planned for newborn phase? Are you taking a maternity leave? Do you have a team? What are the next few weeks going to look like for you? Yeah, so I do have a team and they're great. Uh, they obviously can't do everything that, (laughs) that I also do in the business. So I've been really trying to clear the schedule and make sure that I 
can take the time away from the business. This one is this, this maternity leave <laughs> is going to be a little different than last time because last time I, I, I was still, I still had my HR consulting business, but I really wasn't working in it that much day to day. We had, you know, client, we have clients that we've worked with for many, many years that we just continue to serve and, and the team really fulfills on those, on those jobs. Uh, but I was working full time for a client, you know, hired me full time. So I had a full time corporate job in addition to that business. And so that was, I took three months off. It was, you know, it was really nice. I had maternity leave and all of that. Now I'm doing my business full time. So it's, you know, I own this. I don't have a business partner on this one. This is it. And so I do have a small team. So I am planning to take off at least a month. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm sure like things I'll have to check in here and there and just, you know, just make sure things are still moving. There's no major issues or anything like that, but I'm planning to just take time to be with family and be with new baby for a month. And then after that, I think I'm going to slowly face back in. I'm not, not going to take a month off and then jump right back into full time. I think I'll start to ease my way back in and do some you know, checking in and do some social media and do some more, you know, uh, blog posts and just things like that for the business to just keep, keep it going. But yeah, this will be really different than last time. So, and I'd also love to know what, what is balance and I'm doing air quotes because I know that's a heated word. What does balance look like in your house? How do you keep things balanced between family and entrepreneurship? So for me, I don't look at balance in terms of amount of time uh, because I don't, I don't think that that's fair uh, and I don't think it's even really necessary. So when people say, oh, like, you know, balance, I mean, you're spending, spending equal time, you know, with your family as an equal time with work. It's like, mm, that's not really that black and white. So what I consider balance for me is the flexibility to do everything I want to do in both my business and my family. So for, so for on the family side, I want to be able to have dinner with them pretty much every day. <laughs> like I know that there are going to be some days throughout the month that that's just not feasible, but I would say like 98% of the time throughout a month, like I want to be able to have dinner with my family. I want to be able to have breakfast with them, see them throughout the day, you know, pop in, check on my little one, you know, and, you know, play with her, ask her what she's doing on the weekends. I want to just be able to have family time, travel, go different places, play games, watch movies, you know, do all the things that fam, you know, that you do with families and not have to feel like I am, you know, feeling guilty, like about being away from my business. So to me, that's what balances to be able to do all the things I would want to do. Um, like in, in a flexible way. So for me during the day, it might be, I get up early and I'm doing work. And then when the kids wake up, we're having breakfast together and I'm, you know, telling them to have a good day and all of that we're connecting. And then I go to work and I work several hours and then I start cooking dinner and then we have dinner as a family and I put kids to bed. And then I might sign back on for a couple hours to, to wrap up some things before winding down and going to bed myself. And to me, it's like, I'm still working the same amount of hours. I'm just doing them and spread out in different chunks throughout, you know, it's not like nine to five, right? right exactly. I'm still probably working eight hours. It's just early in the morning, like a little bit in the, you know, 
late morning, afternoon, and then, and then late at night. And that's just how I get it in. And to me, that's flexible and that's balanced for me because I'm getting, I'm doing what I'm wanting to do in my business and feeling like I'm being a great business owner and still accomplishing those things, but I'm not taking that time away from my family. And that's the beauty to me of, of owning your own business and being able to have that flexibility and, and freedom. Awesome. I love that. Cause I, I feel like I wouldn't have put it that way, but I feel like that's very much how I live my life too. So I, I loved how you broke it down. Now, where can our listeners and viewers learn more about you and your business? So my website is entirely eco.com and, and that's ECO. And so that's where you can find the store, the blog. We have lots of different resources there. Uh, you could see some of the products I'm always adding. It's a small shop right now, but I'm always adding new products and new brands as I continue to do more research and vet these, these companies. Um, I'll be adding to the collection. So that's where you can find out uh, that info. And then we have a Facebook group as well uh, for, and it's for, it's, it's it, most, most of the group is mom, they're moms. And, uh, and most of them are newer moms, although we have some older moms and even some grandmas in there as well. But um, it's just entirely eco on Facebook. And I do live trainings every Thursday, like free for the group. And usually the group is what gives me the ideas for the topics. So it's all related to eco-friendly, non-toxic living and interior like decor and design. So that's the, the Facebook group. And then, yeah. And then we have, you know, some other resources for people as well. Yeah. And you mentioned um, before we recorded a, a free guide for creating a non-toxic nursery. There's a download, right? So we can send people there. There is. Yes. That's, uh, that's a basically create a non-toxic nursery in five simple steps. It's a quick start. Uh, and that guide is also on our website. It's entirely eco.com slash five steps, the number five steps. Awesome. And we will link to all of that in the show notes too, so that people can find it super easily. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for squeezing us in before baby makes their appearance. And I hope that you have an amazing labor and delivery and first moments with your newborn too. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode of the Familypreneur podcast. You'll find all the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next week, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now. Do us a favor. Share this podcast with a friend who is also building a business and raising a family. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring. Caring.